The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is nine and a half minutes after 10 o'clock. You're listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for staying with us if you've been with us. We're with you all the way till 12 today. Um, It's the Tuesday edition of the show. So that means on Tuesdays we talk finance and consumer matters, right? We talk about your money, how you spend it, where you spend it, why you spend it, how you save it, how you invest it, all of those sorts of things. And these conversations are important. Particularly today, we're going to be talking about household debt. We're going to be speaking to Grant Heyman, who's the marketing coordinator at the National Debt Advisors. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's been, what, three years since COVID now? Uh, and many, many households are still recovering, recovering from the impact of COVID. A lot of jobs were lost. A lot of us had to rely on debt to get by. Um, and many of us are over-indebted. Um, we're unable to meet our debt obligations. Uh, and we don't have a salary increase or an income increase that potentially matches inflation because we've also experienced hyperinflation post-COVID as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and uh, in, in many ways uh, the collapse of the dollar economy or the you know gradual collapse of the dollar economy. And we're feeling the impact. The food of cost is insanely, insanely high. So it's important that we have that conversation. Did you just speak about debt, how we go about, uh, you know, s- solving our debt, how we go about deciding whether or not we should rely on debt for certain things and what we can do to stay in the debt green zone out of the debt red, uh, debt red zone. Grant Heyman, like I said, is the marketing coordinator at the National Debt Advisors. Grant, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, good morning, Oliver. Thanks for having me. It really, really is an honor and a pleasure. Uh, Grant, are we over-indebted as South African households, by and large? Yeah, we most certainly are. I mean, we have to take a look at the fact that the consumers that applied for loans and accounts prior to COVID, it was completely different circumstances to what we currently have. But after that pandemic had happened and we thought that things would go back to normal, we're just finding that that is not the case even now, three years later. So one could, in a sense, say it wasn't just a COVID pandemic, but also a debt pandemic. Now, as you have mentioned, there were tremendous salary decreases, unemployment level spiked. Um, and of course, that led to the installments of loans and accounts falling behind. People yeah. can't afford their debts like they used to. And debts are just reaching that point as well after three years of becoming prescribed. Yeah. Uh, so just in general, do we have any dates? And I know Status SA tries to track this as best as they possibly can. But how much of our household income do we spend on repaying debt and servicing debt? Well, that would, of course, vary from consumer to consumer. The more you are over-indebted, the higher the percentage is. Um, and the less you have to allocate towards your monthly expenses that you actually need to survive with. So it all depends on the consumer's mentality towards debts and also what they've been forced to do in order to to pay for existing debts. So just as an example, um, consumers out there might have their groceries, petrol, all those sorts of living expenses to attend to, but now you're seeing 70% of their debts uh, taken from their salary. And that's just not adequately 30% left with to survive with. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the last debt essay report said we spend about what uh, two thirds of our salaries um, on on debt and debt related spending, um, leaving us with a third of our salary left for. I guess, household consumption spending and to pay for all the essentials. And so we just fall back into that cycle of debt. Uh, talk to us about some practical ways we could, you know, remove ourselves or get out of that cycle of debt where we are perpetually reliant on uh, overdraft and, and maxing our, our credit card overdraft or depending on on small term or, small, uh, um, you know, low, uh, low interest, small term loans, that sort of stuff. Well, the first thing would be to, to actually see if your debt is uh, most likely prescribed. Because what does that within mean? A, well, what it means is if a credit provider does not make any attempt to collect funds from the consumer within a three-year period or take any form of legal action and the consumer doesn't pay, automatically for certain accounts it becomes prescribed. And that would include your retail stores, your personal loans, your credit cards, um, of which it is a three-year term. However, a lot of consumers have bonds, and that's usually unlikely, but if the bonds reach a three-year term um, where those same rules apply, then that also becomes prescribed. So, the what, does prescribed, what does prescribed yeah. mean? Does it mean I don't have to pay it? Yes, that means you don't have to pay back the debts. But that's why there's very strict qualifying criteria and why there's a prescription act uh, number 68 of 1969, there to protect uh, South African consumers. So at what point and what criteria does debt become prescribed? Well, the first one would be is taking a look at the inception date when the consumers actually applied for the loans and accounts. Then within a three-year term, which they can actually just go on to clear score on the Play Store app, uh, go and see if it is the case. If they know for a fact, but credit providers did not attempt collecting those funds by reaching out to them. If they've received no uh, legal orders in order for, for collection agencies or lawyers to collect those funds, um, then automatically they do qualify for prescribed debt. Ah, okay. And once your debt is prescribed, what does that do to your credit score? Well, basically, if it does get removed, um, it can increase. But the problem is... Credit providers don't always update the credit bureaus, of which there are five main ones, um, accordingly. So for some consumers, it might be a new or a clean slate when it comes to applying for more debts. But for a lot of consumers, they are going to face the challenges of credit bureaus um, not being updated correctly by the credit providers. Mm-hmm. And so usually, do we have an idea of what percentage of our debt does become prescribed or um, uh, because I asked this, right, because I'm pretty certain uh, that there are debt collectors out there who are hounding uh, uh, consumers for debt that perhaps is prescribed. Um, it may well be, and I don't know if this is legal in South Africa, but it may well be that one company sells their debt book to another company to collect and they take a percentage of it or they bought the entire debt book and they try to collect as much of it as possible. Um, it's a common practice worldwide. I'm not sure if it's the case in South Africa. But to the extent that it is the case in South Africa, uh, um, do, are we, do we have any dates on how often it happens? Well, the thing is, it does happen quite a lot, especially after the COVID period. Percentage-wise, once again, is going to be very difficult as, how can I say, it's a rare occurrence for certain consumers' debts to track that far without credit providers noticing. But once again, it's more common after COVID. 
And just to answer that question regarding collections agencies, yes, 100% legal in South Africa. Um, usually credit providers will then go sell those books to the, the collections agencies. And I mean, they're a little bit more vulgar when it comes to trying to, to um, persistently get the consumer to pay those debts off. Are there limits to what these debt collectors can and can't do in, in, the, in the process of trying to collect this debt? Well, that is most certainly not my area of expertise when it comes to the limits to what they are able to engage in. But once again, there is a national credit regulator and the National Credit Act in place. So at the end of the day, um, we all human beings are certain that there are limits. I mean, you can't go and harass consumers, however many collections agencies do. And based on feedback that we've received at National Debt Advisors, um, about what these collection agencies have been saying and doing, we are seeing a recurring trend that um, the consumers are dealt with negatively from the collection agencies. Mm, mm. Give us a call, 86 Grant, from what you guys are witnessing uh, at National Debt Advisors when you speak to uh, indebted uh, people, what are the main drivers of debt? Uh, do we spend money on, is it food? Is it the cost of food? Is it the cost of transport? Is it emergencies? Is it education? What are the main drivers? Well, first of all, um, we need to take a look at what happened after COVID and mostly even prior to that. So the repo rates going up in this country is a huge problem towards consumers. As the interest spikes, sometimes the installment, that would be point one. Petrol has also tremendously gone up, as mentioned, even with the war uh, continuously going on in Ukraine. Um, then the food prices have also increased. Now, one thing that is stopping those consumers to get the relief they need is a lot of times the vulnerability of consumers after COVID. We can all agree that sometimes when it comes to finances that we tend to think emotionally rather than logical. And after scammers had noticed that, they started taking advantage. And seeing as the most relief measures are done telephonically, this has now made a huge impact in consumers uh, or a, a decreasing amount of consumers applying for the relief due to the fear of scams. Um, you can think as well... What relief are we talking about here? Well, this could be for counselling, this could be for prescribed dead people that help with that, um, of which we are one. Then also you get other forms of relief, but the main one in this country that actually works and is within the National Credit Act is most certainly dead counselling. So how do scammers take advantage of that uh, facility? Well, what they do is basically they would make as if they are a debt review company themselves. Now, consumers in their right state of mind usually tend to look at things very logical as all should do and weigh their options. But once again, once that emotional state changes and you're almost desperate to receive the, the assistance, they stop asking questions like, do you have a registration number with the NCR? Um, where are your offices located? Or who's your debt counselor? And that's when scammers start to take that advantage, get them on board, and of course scam them to get their monies without even doing right, any form right. of negotiation. Are these scams prevalent? Excuse me, are these scams? Are they prevalent? Do they happen a lot? Because yes. this is my first time hearing about it. Yes, it most certainly does. Now, the problem is 
you get your companies that scam, which might be these huge call centers where, where people sit and, and actually operate with these scams. But we also have a huge and recurring problem in South Africa when it comes to registered debt review companies, of which there are many, not operating under the government guidelines. So I, I want to pause there, and I, I want you to tell us what know. some of those guidelines are that they seem to be evading. Give us a call, 86 Are you perhaps a victim of such a scam? Have you gone through a debt counseling process? Have you gone through debt rehabilitation? I'd love to hear from you what your experience was, and how are you dealing with your debt in the household right now? Does your salary stretch far enough for you to be able to cover that? 86 2032. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Give us a call 86 2032. Grant, I want us to take a couple of calls. Let's speak to Rob. Rob in Durban. Good morning, Rob. Hello, good morning, and thank you for a very good program. And you, um, you've always come up with subjects that are very, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, worthy of of content. Um, my situation is that my son lost. Uh, my son was in a has a, a small procurement business, and a lot of people defaulted uh, in payments to him during the COVID period, and it resulted in a rebound and uh, landed on on uh, on his shoulders. But he he's unable to to fund in today's economy. There's no work and there's no very little for him to do. Now, the people who who he owes money to, namely the cell providers, they've been very unpleasant and they've been passing over to debt collectors and this and that. But more annoying is they use my, they also phone my home number and they phone at all hours of the night and the day and they're very aggressive, uh, you know, they're polite in a way, but in the end of the call, I, I feel really very depressed because you know I don't know how they've got got to, uh, allowed his situation to get where it's got, and I, I just think that that a lot of companies they extend credit where they shouldn't, and I've I've, I've paid off previous debts from my own funds, yeah, and I told them not to give credit, and it does they say I'm not the account holder, and good luck goodbye, but. You know, the whole thing is he can't pay. And so, you know, people like MTN are, are very, very harsh because they they took away his number, which is the the number that he used to get a lot of business on. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he had paid. So, I, you know, I, it's just a never-ending circle. And mm. once you hit the deck, you can't get up again if you're a normal person. And I'm an old pensioner, and uh, I'm now finding it very difficult to keep up. Mm, mm, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Rob. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Mr. Mkela in Northern Cape, good morning. Morning, how are you, sir? I'm well, I'm well. So go ahead. What's what's your question? My brother, I just want to check with you, right? Um, things that has happened to me in 2021. There was a guy who opened three accounts uh, from Telcom, MTN, and Selfie. The guy took cell phones under the pretense of it's me. So now, later on, I saw this uh, institution deducting money in my account. 
Yeah. And then I told them, it's not me. Even though the information, because this person, I mean, not in case, this person took this thing in St. Huron, and so forth. Mm. Then I opened a case of fraud with the SLC. Then they gave me a reference number. Now, as I'm talking to you, um, I'm blacklisted by selfie. Then I can't get a car. I can't get another phone because I don't need a phone now. I just lost my phone. I just want to check with you because I've been, I've, I've been communicating with the credit bureau and mm. with experience. And then they said I must go to selfie. I went to selfie because I want a letter of sentiment. Now, I want to know what must I do to take my name out of blacklisted because I don't have account with this institution. That's my question. Okay, thank you so much for that. Uh, Grant, okay. do you want to reflect on that? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, the right procedure has been followed to open the fraudulent case because at the end of the day, it can be rectified by the credit bureaus as soon as that had been confirmed by SLC and that should drastically then boost your credit score as well. Um, I'm very sorry to hear about those circumstances as you're not the first one to mention it. Details are being passed around like crazy, um, it's just a recurring problem. But wait for feedback from Salsi's side. Hopefully they um fast to respond they should be, as you are technically not even a customer of theirs, and get it resolved. But you need to make sure that they do communicate with the credit bureaus, constantly monitor your credit reports, and just see if anything has been done about it. Yeah. Anonymous in Durban. Anonymous, good morning. Sorry, Anonymous, can I just ask you to start again there? We, we, we didn't have you there for a second. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, much clearer. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you for the wonderful show. I just want to comment on this thing of scammers and, you know, debt uh, counseling scammers. So with me, what happened was about three years ago, I took on a loan with a major bank. And uh, I was paying regularly, as usual, until such a time that COVID happened and I was retrenched. Um, so what then transpired was that uh, when I finally found a job, obviously I had a salary decrease and I couldn't then keep up with my debt repayment. Yeah. Then I got someone or some people who posed as debt counselors or debt re- uh, relief specialists to call me. They just called me out of the blue and being a desperate consumer that I was at the time, I took them on and I trusted that they were going to do a good job. But then what, then, what they then did was, they actually said they would consolidate my debt for me and they'll just pay my my uh, bank or whoever that I was owing. Yeah. But then they went and they withdrew about 20,000 rands out of my account, just like that. Uh, and when I, when I then inquired, I, I realized that they didn't even have an MCR number. And I had to actually get a lawyer to, to sort out the mess. So... This debt uh, counseling uh, scammers are real, and and they got me to such an extent that now I don't trust anything that has yeah. to do with uh, debt uh, debt counseling. Yeah. I would rather just approach the banks by myself or my debtors all by myself. Uh, my lawyer cost me an arm and leg, obviously. Ooh, anonymous, we lost you there. Seems like we lost Anonymous there. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I want us to take a quick break. Grant, on the other side, I want us, you and I, to wrap up but speak about how we can avoid situations like that. It's half past 10, and Musa has your headlines. Yeah, we continue the conversation. Grant, we had that call from Anonymous in Durban who, uh, you know, shared with us their story of an ordeal about being scammed. 
just you mentioned earlier to when you engage a financial uh, service provider or a debt counselor, make sure that they are registered with the uh, with the relevant bodies, but uh, also ask questions about their legitimacy. But beyond that, what are some key rule of thumb practices that we can implement to be able to avoid getting scammed? Well, first of all, what I'd like to know to our listeners today, um, on our webpage, National Debt Advisors, where we have blogs, there's two clear blogs regarding this, which I'm going to very briefly touch into to answer your question. It's Ditch Review, the Good, the Bad, and the Scams. They can go and read that one. Or Ditch Review, Fact, Fiction, and Hearsay. Now, first of all, the registration number will be their most important um, tool to utilize in order to confirm legitimacy. Also then confirming if that review company or counseling company is under the top 10 companies that the NCR actually awards each and every year, which is done very um, strenuously, uh, or they're very strict when it comes to actually providing those certificates. Now, the social media presence is also extremely important of a counseling company to see almost how they engage with the public. Because there's a lot of people who comment on Facebook, whether it be uh, one counselor or the other. There's a lot of people that engage in conversations. And just monitoring how this counseling company engages with them is super important. Then we are very privileged to have review pages of counseling companies, uh, whether it be their choice or not. Hello Peter has vast amounts of, of reviews of variety of companies. So they can always go and look at those reviews, hear what the customers have to say. Uh, go on to Google reviews, um, then also cluing yourself up about the review program itself would be very important before actually approaching the company so that you know what questions to ask, which ones are relevant, and like uh, Anonymous in, in, in Durban actually mentioned, these people are actually not even referring to counseling even they, though they called from a counseling company. They were referring to a consolidation loan which many debt review companies claim to do, which is simply not the truth. So those are a few of the many yeah. methods to utilize um, when making sure if it's a scam or not. Yeah. Grant, thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Grant Heyman, the marketing coordinator at the National Debt Advisors.